0: True or false? Walmart has eye care. True. Stop by Walmart to save and browse top designer frames right where you already shop. And they accept most insurance. Welcome to Easy Eye Care. Welcome to your Walmart. Hey, friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivy podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a girlfriend to join me, and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Happy 2020, my friends. It's a new decade. We're in March of this new decade, and I thought it'd be fun to talk to a few friends about what was life like for them 10 years ago. How has life changed for them? What did the year 2010 bring them, and what has the last decade brought them? And also, what do they hope for over the next 10 years? Today's Happy Hour Friday, Your Last Decade guest is our good friend, Catherine Wolf. Catherine was a guest on the show back in 2016 on episode number 98, Yes, we have come a long way. I love creating so many shows for you guys. Thank you for continuing to listen. You're going to love hearing from Catherine again. She and her husband, Jay, recently released a book titled Suffer Strong. Catherine and I talk about how she has been learning to live after her stroke and believing that this trauma suffering is the calling God has had on her life. Friends, I have something super exciting to share with you. Are you ready? I want to invite you to join me on a trip to Drum roll here, you guys, Israel with Tara Lee Cobble. You guys have loved every single time that Tara Lee Cobble has come on the show, and she leads trips to Israel. And I was thinking to myself, man, would I like to put together a happy hour trip to Israel. So we are announcing it today that it is happening. It is a life-changing trip. It'll be my first time to Israel. We hope that you will be able to join us. Don't worry, guys. It's not right around the corner. We're giving you plenty of time. It's actually in 2021. October of 2021, to learn more about the happy hour in Israel with Terri Lee Cobble, visit mydgroup.org slash happy hour. We'll have a local guide who will give us historical and biblical context for all the sites that we visit. Terri Lee Cobble, who you guys love, she's also the founder and president of D Group. She leads the trip alongside the local guide, giving devotionals at significant locations, and I'll even be teaching some as well. This is a limited size trip. So don't wait to fill out the interest form and start planning for your spot with me and Terry Lee Kabul in Israel in October of 2021. You can just fill out the interest form if you're interested, you guys. We're not going to make you commit to anything. Go to mydgroup.org slash happy hour. If you forget, go to my webpage. You can find it all there. All right, my friends, here is my conversation with Catherine. Catherine, welcome back to The Happy Hour. Oh, I'm so glad to be here. This is a special edition of Your Last Decade, so we're talking about life from 2010 to 2020. Awesome. But if you guys want to hear Catherine's story from, I mean, 2008...
1: Yep, yep. You need to go listen to The
0: Happy Hour number 98.
1: Woohoo, which we think was summer 2016. Summer 2016, yep. it was. Yeah. Yep.
0: And now we're in the 280s, and so this was just... A lot has happened. Okay, so this is your last decade. Yes. Let's go back to 2010. Yes. Two
1: years post-stroke. Right, yes. Darkest years of your life? For sure. So, stroke was April 21st, 2008. And for about almost the full next two years, I was in full-time hospital settings, brain rehabs, um, to even begin to recover, to relearn, to walk, eat, speak. And then from there via 2010 and 11 and 12 it was like after the baseline recovery how do you then learn to live the new normal life without driving a car or without use of one hand or walking etc so it was um it was a rough time it
0: was really rough and i know now i mean Looking at what I know of you now, and you guys, you and your husband, Jay, wrote wrote Hope Hills, the book, and then you just released Suffer Strong, which released this spring. And you guys are doing so much ministry and so much giving back. But I want to ask you a question because I wonder, in 2010, was there any part of Catherine's mind that would have thought you would one day not only, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, not only accept your... Disability, yeah, thrive in it, yeah. Believe that it was God's plan for like that's where you are in two thousand twenty, right? Could you have ever imagined that in two thousand ten,
1: right? It's it's complex because on the one hand, sorry, of course not. Um, who would ever think that um a calling of any kind could come through terrible pain? But on the other hand, yes, because literally since I was a little girl in my closet talking to my dolls about Jesus and justice, like busting out with truths from Cory Ten Boom in the hiding place and like telling them they should really want to be Rosa Parks like I did and take a stand for civil rights. I mean, I am this poster child for not the life I'm teaching my dolls to be about. And yet God was wiring into me a desire to reach for something more than this privileged caucasian girl from georgia could have ever thought was coming and even though i was not about to be anything near the holocaust or the civil rights movement or anything else in a way the suffering that i was to endure as a 26 year old and subsequently to date in some ways would create the same desire to fight or flight, and not to sink in deep to your story. It would create a desire to run from trauma and suffering. Mm, mm. I just think, what a kind God. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy that God, I mean, in all of our lives, through our traumas, is giving us a different level of um, becoming who we really are.
0: It's crazy that He would... You know, I always like, I don't know about you, Catherine, but I'm always kind of perplexed at the idea that God knows what's going to happen tomorrow. Like, I mean, he's God, right? For sure. But even for him to know when he formed you in your mother's womb. Right. That this was going to be your story. And this was going to be Jay's story. This was going to be John and James's story. Like, this is going to be the Wolf's family story. Right. And he was doing things in the midst of your 26 years yeah, leading up to yes. that to prepare you for yes, that. Totally. Now, a lot of, I know that there's probably a lot of people who are listening who are walking through some sort of pain of and course. suffering, we yeah, all are.
1: It's universal, it's oh absolutely. It's universal. Invisible wheelchairs abound.
0: Yes, okay, so let's let's talk about this over the last 10 years because I would say that's one of the things that I love hearing you talk about recently. Yeah. Is, and I know that God has had to have shown you this through lots of different things. And so I want to hear, how did you get to this idea that, your pain wasn't individual like everyone's walking through some sort of pain
1: Oh, big time yeah so for, well and specifically the idea about external wheelchairs or invisible wheelchairs the fact is everyone's got them and external ones are so easy to see and identify but talk to anybody for a few minutes and recognize everybody's got all kinds of internal junk happening in their story on um, things they did that they hardly regret things that happened to them Family gunk. I mean, everybody's just got a lot of hard stuff. And what I've seen, and I really think the Lord opened my eyes to this, is the external and the internal are no different. In some ways, the external is actually easier to identify. Right. But it's all the same desire. Um, yeah, for healing, yeah. for wholeness, for a, a life that doesn't include these things, but maybe in these things, God is saying, this is you becoming more who you really are. Yeah. Through them, yeah. instead of combating the limitations in our lives, there is such a freedom to living well within the boundary lines. You could say.
0: You know, you mentioned this. You know, everyone has
1: these invisible wheelchairs,
0: yeah, which is yeah. such a beautiful analogy that you are able to speak so clearly towards, right? As being someone who spends a lot of time in a wheelchair, right? Yeah, but I think, and you can speak to this as well. We'll talk about women because that's who we both are. I think women do a really good job of concealing our invisible wheelchairs. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And it's so tragic because everyone has them. And John sixteen thirty three is true. In this world, there is terrible trouble. Everybody's got problems, but we can take hard because we know the end of the story. And so it's a tragic way to live. And actually, since we are all having and dealing with wheelchairs and disabilities of all kinds, um... The obsession with the pain-free life is such a ridiculous idol in all of our lives in the Western world. Like we think it's got to be pain-free or it can't be full of joy and meaningful. Like they can't coexist. But the wheelchair is like this visible cue, like all is not well, but I have a deep joy in my heart. And Mm -hmm. that is very confusing. Okay. You said this
0: this Western world is pain-free life that we desire.
1: Yeah, that like kind of cuts to the you know it to does. The chase right there. It I does. mean, I I really believe, and I think the Lord really opened my eyes to this. And I sorry, I always cry talking about this, that um we have worshipped the idol, and I do mean like the idol of a pain free life so much so that we cannot see joy in that category. Huh. We can't ever imagine that a Joy story could also be a story where there is pain, mm-hmm. and in a very painful story, there can be joy, and they can't coexist. Mm-hmm. That they have to be mutually exclusive, and that is such a lie. That yeah. is a deep lie. But we worship with that idol. And I
0: never thought of it as an idol before, Catherine.
1: It totally is. It's, I'm going to think about that for days. Yeah, it's become a fall. I mean, it's like, it's the the last, like, sacred cow in some ways. Okay. Like, you know, they say that sex was the real taboo of the Victorian era, uh-huh. but death is the taboo of our day that death death in our day is like sex in the Victorian era everybody's doing it but nobody's talking about it wow. and they say that about death today like we can talk about everything but we can't talk about dying we can't even see disabled people because uh-huh. they remind us of our own mortality wow and honestly like we're obsessed with wellness and I, I mean I love wellness but like Whole Foods is like the god these mm-hmm. days because we all want to try to live our best life, yeah. And when I'm screaming that my best life is in my wheelchair, it's so confusing. Because yes, yes, yes. I just interrupted you because I have yes. such a question. Like, do you have people who question your joy? Yeah, I mean, everyone. You know, like, how could you be joyful? I remember doing a podcast a couple of years ago, actually, and the guy was like this is just so unrelatable. Mm. And it was like soul crushing. I'm he like, said that out loud to you? Yeah. And I was very honest, actually. And it just crushed my heart because I'm like, but but is there is there a way this becomes relatable? Because it is. This is my truth. This is my heart. And he's like, well, it's just people are so like crushed when life doesn't work out like they wanted it to me. And I'm like... I know that, but there is joy available because I'm living it. So I can't like not showcase it. He
0: was embodying everything that you just said about-
1: The opposite. The the opposite. Yes, total, 100%. About the
0: idol of pain-free life, because that's so crazy to me. I can't believe he said it out to you, first of all, out loud to you.
1: And it was so painful, (laughs) like really hurt my feelings, but so honest. Like, of course you think that, because we're really like- brought up in a way it's very sweet because it's very sheltered and very like our parents all wanted to really protect us Mm -hmm. like we're not living on the edge bad things are probably not going to happen to you sweet little thing. Right. but then when your life blows up you're like what am I going to do with like it's very different than I thought it was going to be when I was a little girl Mm -hmm. and yet like I talked about with the six year old Catherine calling in a closet God somehow weaves his story through our stories. So
0: beautiful, so beautiful. So I want to ask you a question. Um, I've, I haven't had a chance to dive into your whole book, but I did read this one particular chapter I just kind of was skimming through. And I want to hear you tell me this story with your own words. Yeah. About the woman that came to you to pray for you. Oh
1: my gosh, yes. I okay. actually think
0: Jay wrote this. Did he write it?
1: I can't remember. I think that's my chapter on healing, but maybe, it, no, I think it was me. But. but this actually, the reason
0: I wanted to talk about this is because it actually goes along with what we're just talking about.
1: A hundred percent. Like this whole idea of healing. No one's okay with me being okay. It's hilarious. They, Everywhere want, to, they I want to pray go, for healing for you. In the airport, you. they want to pray for healing. Everywhere I go, a lady raced up to me at the airport recently and said, I want to pray for you to get out of that wheelchair so you can be effective minister of the gospel. And then she said, Wait, did she know you? Right. Then she says, I have read everything you've written. I have listened to everything you've said. You have changed my life. I hope and pray you will get out of the wheelchair so you can be an effective minister of the gospel. And I'm like, lady, you just said my words have changed your life. What is not connecting here? Oh, my gosh. But you realize that deep mindset of you need to be healed on earth so badly. And so I was honest with her and said, like, my healing is coming in heaven. God may choose to do something here. I don't put him in a box, but my healing of the soul, which was the critical part, has happened. Yeah. I'm okay. You know, that is so
0: interesting to me. And I've never thought about it until you said this about the reason that they'd be so like intent on praying for your healing is because this is uncomfortable for
1: right. for people yeah. to look at Catherine
0: and go, she deserves more.
1: Right. She deserves right. to be healed. This isn't fair. That poor little thing. A hundred percent. And then for you to actually speak the opposite. Right, okay, so really. tell
0: the story about the woman praying for you. So, okay, in, the book.
1: in short, this is pretty funny. So, in a long McLean, I mean, way too long of a McLean, this lady comes out to me. I won't shame the city this happened in, <laughs> but let's just say there was probably some pizza eaten before, and this lady had greasy hands, and she said, "I need to pray for your healing of your face." And I'm like, on my face? And she's like, yes, I'm going to lay hands on your face and pray for your face to move again. For your listeners, my face is paralyzed on one side. Mm -hmm. So she probably puts her greasy hand on my face. Keep in mind, I have no feeling on my face on that side, so I don't feel her hand. Do you know her hand's there? Right, so I see out of the corner (laughs) of my eye, my other good eye, that she's got her hand, and she's praying, but she's praying into my deaf ear. So I'm not hearing the prayer, which is probably good. So she's really going for it. You know, the blood of Jesus is going to make this, I declare this face is going to move tonight type thing. I'm not making fun of her, but it was weird. Yeah, And she's really going for it. And then she stopped eventually. I have to keep opening my eyes to see if she stopped because I can't hear or feel, so I have no idea if she stopped praying. So she finally stopped, and then she steps back, and she just looks at me. Like she wanted to see the healing. And she looks, and she looks, and she just doesn't say anything, and she just looks. And so people-pleasing, messed-up, Enneagram 3, Catherine tried to make it better and say the following words after, like, a minute of silence. (sighs) You know, I am sure that healing takes several days, so I bet it's coming this weekend. Thank you so much. Aw, thank you. And, like, I make it okay for her to have this bizarre moment. So she walks backwards so she can watch my face as she walks away. And she slowly walks back. And I'm like... (gasps) I don't even know where to look. I feel so awkward. I, do I look at you walking slowly backwards? Oh my me? gosh! And I um, yeah. It took me a few minutes to shake that one, but I'm like, okay, here we go. This is ministry. This, is, this it, is it. This gets weird, it's and it's got weird. It's
0: messy. Okay, so, but I have to ask you a vulnerable question. Yeah. Was there a time in early 2010,
1: 2011, 2012? Yeah that you were desperately praying for healing? Oh, I think on some level, I'm still praying for healing. Okay. Even though I would want to tell you, and that's not too vulnerable in the least. I 100% hate things about not being able to walk, not being able to drive. I've really gotten over the face in most ways. I mean, I sometimes I hate seeing the paralyzed face in the mirror, but most of the time I'm over it. But like the hand not working, that just makes you nuts after yeah, a long yeah. time. So I'm still praying for that. It's no longer the first prayer like I, I, Lord heal me. Yes. But it's it's still an ongoing thing. Yeah. And for a long time I just thought it was coming. Yeah. I thought eventually God's gonna heal me. Maybe it'll take three years, mm-hmm. but I'll be running again. Mm-hmm. And I haven't run since two thousand eight, April twentieth, you know? Yeah, and yeah. I mean, who knows, but probably not. I mean, the doctors don't understand how I'm alive. Part of my brain is missing. So it's unlikely sort of a miracle. That, it is um, a miracle.
0: But my favorite, you didn't say what you said before to the lady. When oh, she saying? asked if you could pray for healing, you said, could you also pray for healing of my gossip tongue and my blah, 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 absolutely. blah. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> well, that that's what I say a lot when these ladies get in my face to pray for my healing. I'll say, absolutely, pray for my body. Pray whatever you want, Sure but pray for my tongue, Mm -hmm. pray for my heart, pray for my mothering of my boys, pray for my marriage, pray for my heart to long more for Jesus than for physical healing. Right. Sometimes I'll really go for it and I'll say, pray that those surrounding me will be pointed to Jesus and not focused on what doesn't matter, what does this temporary earth suit. It depends on how spicy I'm feeling. I I could see you being spicy, Catherine. Yeah, I can now and then for sure. I could
0: see it, I could see it. Okay, so, you know, You are writing books. You guys, can you talk to us about the ministry that you and Jay have started?
1: Uh, Well, it's the blessing of our lives. So, Hope Heals is our ministry. And our first book was Hope Heals. And that's really the story of what happened to me, to us. Suffer Strong, the book that's out now, is really lessons learned from that time. And really, it's about a lot of what we're talking about today. Just how. Everything is the power of the mind, how you can, in fact, survive anything by redefining everything. Everything can be thought about differently, and God calls us to ponder, recognize, wake up to what He is doing in the lives we are currently living, and how can we live well within? them? How can we suffer strong, we say, basically. Yeah. It's that time again. It is time to focus on your
0: goals for the new year. Noom is the habit change program that uses psychology to help you understand why you make the decisions you make and feel empowered to change for good. The convenience and the ease of the app and the program is so easy to accommodate into your own lifestyle. It's based in psychology. Noom teaches you why you do the things you do and empowers you with the tools to break the bad habits and replace them with better ones. Noom is forgiving because you're human. If you go off track, there's no shaming, just tips to help you get back on track tomorrow. Over 80% of Noomers finish the program, and over 60% have stuck with their goals for at least one year. It's the perfect time to make a step toward healthier habits. Sign up for your trial today at Noom, that's N-O-O-M dot com slash happy hour. What do you have to lose, you guys? Visit noom.com slash happy hour to start your trial today. That's Noom, N-O-O-M slash happy hour. Shopping for sheets can make you feel like Goldilocks. Silk is too hot and expensive. Linen is scratchy and cotton is scratchy and hot. But now there is Etitude, made of 100% organic, clean bamboo. These sheets are pure heaven. Etitude's fabric is extremely breathable and it regulates your temperature. This is the third generation of bamboo bedding technology. Customers have claimed that their skin's appearance improved after switching to Attitude sheets. Read the reviews and see for yourself. And organic clean bamboo recycle 98% of the water it uses. So it's the most sustainable bedding available. Why not try Attitude? These amazing sheets have a 30-day risk-free trial. If you're not fully satisfied, you can return your sheets for a full refund. They even cover shipping on returns. Attitude Sheets, they're soft as silk, breathable as linen, but at the price of cotton. You're going to love them. And right now, my listeners will get 20% off their sheet set and free shipping. Just text HAPPY to 64000. The only way to get 20% off your set of Attitude Sheets and free shipping is to text HAPPY, H-A-P-P-Y, to 64000. That's HAPPY to 64000. And so you guys started this ministry. Oh
1: yeah, and we have a camp for families. The camp, yes, yes. Tell me about it. So, we have this incredible camp for families where someone is disabled in it. So, just like me, the adult is disabled. Now, in general, camps for people with special needs are for children. Yeah. And for children to go away. The whole notion of a family camp where the whole family comes and has a vacation like experience Uh is super rare and transformative. And of course, of course, that's exactly what we want because I want to go to camp with my kids and enjoy a vacation like experience experience with them where we're all a nuclear intact family together. It's really beautiful. And that's every year in... Alabama, Alabama. Everybody can come. People are coming from Minnesota, Rhode Island, Washington State. I love it. Come on down to Alabama. It's really cool. It's really. It's not cool temperature-wise in the summer, but it's a great (gasps) Um, place to come to camp. Yeah, no, no, for sure. We say you can take a mission trip to Africa, (laughs) and you should absolutely amazing. You can take a mission trip to Alabama. That's exactly right. That's That's exactly right. (laughs) It's gonna be hot.
0: That's right. Also, Catherine, in the last ten years, you have had another baby. Right. Yes. Yes, John. John, John a lot of people, your life is a miracle as well. And a lot of people would not have ever thought or expected for you and Jay to have any more children. Right.
1: For sure. It was not in the cards for any of my medical professionals to be in a wheelchair on Medicare and have a baby. (laughs) But I did become pregnant after getting clearance from my doctors and had a baby in summer 2015. And John, whose name is so powerful, John Nestor, well, John, like the apostle and my favorite passage of John 9, three, that this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him Mm -hmm. about the blind man. And then Nestor is from my neurosurgeon, Nestor Gonzalez, who saved my life. And um, Nestor, which we did not know at the time, means seeker of miracles in in Hebrew. And um, it's like we were just covering that little baby with like, your name means seeker of miracles, and your life is similar to your mommy's, truly a miracle. Truly a miracle. And um, yeah, he's this flesh own picture of like broken things and new things. And honestly, the faith I had going through the storm and believing that there was life on the other side of it, he's this crazy picture of that. I mean, it's really, it's, it's, it's beautiful. It's,
0: it's beautiful. Um, I've heard you say um, a lot of times that, you know, that God has given, this is a calling he's put on your life. You've said that since yeah. we've been talking. Yeah, totally. Um, that feels um, difficult for some people to take in and Absolutely. understand. Absolutely. Can you speak to us about even what you've learned in the past? You know, five years of really trying to grasp, like God, you've called me to something different, and it involves this. I guess I'm I'm asking because that's difficult for people to understand, how have you really rested with that?
1: Yeah, yeah. So complex. And to me, the number one key is to approach people with such care when you try to talk about pain being good. I mean the whole notion of your pain's gonna be used for good or you know, your baby dies mm-hmm. and somebody tells you God needed another angel. That's ridiculous. And all oh these, my goodness. Like yeah. stupid trite, like bizarre cliches. I like to say it's putting band-aids, Jesus band-aids on bullet wounds. Like stop, stop doing that. Less words are the best words for sure. But in time, there is a deep sense um, that everything happens on purpose. There are no accidents. And God is somehow at work. I love to talk about in the deep darkness of all of our stories, there's treasure, Isaiah 45, Uh 3, that God gives hidden treasure in secret places. Mm -hmm. And only in the deep, dark depths do you get that treasure. But when you're there, and it is cold comfort maybe, for sure, but in time, that treasure is something you get to cherish and champion for the rest of your life. And if you had to go through that hell, why not leave with treasure? and mm-hmm. like be about it for your whole life. Yeah. So I think the calling factor happens in that recognition of the unique treasure that God has in darkness and that equips you to move forward in your life. And I... Uh, I imagine that is the game changing effect in our stories. It's
0: so beautiful and I imagine that you get a lot of people who come to you with their stories. Oh my gosh. I mean, yes, a, a, a lot of, I I feel like they would feel safe with you. Right. You know yes. they would feel as though this is someone who would understand something.
1: Right. Are you the kind of person who carries those stories well? Oh, that is a good question, Jamie. So I've come a long way. I've had a lot of therapy about it. And here is my thoughts. (laughs) Basically, in the beginning of ministry, I would really take in stories. I would stay up at night thinking about Mm -hmm. them. I would be just haunted by really painful. You know, a lady in a different part of the country who reaches out to me and says, I'm on welfare and my husband is dying of ALS and I have five kids mm. and can you help? Yeah, and The kind of stories that make you want to throw up. It's yeah. so awful. Yeah, And God really brought me to a place to recognize, A, there is a way to empathize real, Deep empathy, but not internalize. Mm. So listen and take it in and feel and be real and compassionate, but don't take it home with you. Don't save a night thinking about Mm -hmm. it. Like empathize, but internalize is all about like going deep and being real and not shutting out pain because that's stupid, but also making a choice. I have not arrived at it to not let it wreck your life, Mm. to not let it rule you. And to recognize that there, there's not a, a whole lot you can do other than really listen and love and leave it. Like yeah. there's nothing gained by me staying up at night thinking. Right. About, how to no. Buy it. No. So I think that is always the key. You know, they say the amygdala in the brain, that part of the brain that's the fight or flight. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. What's that called? Like the. It's under the cerebellum, isn't it? Like it's in the uh, middle. I don't know. I'm missing mine. Oh, okay. <laughs> but I, I know that it's the reflex that yeah. wants to leave when uh-huh. things are hard. So the brain can be trained to stay. Like it's so cool. Like you can train your amygdala to not leave Mm. when it gets messy and hard and sad. And that's what Jesus does for us. And that's the gift I want to give anybody who wants to give me the privilege of sharing their story, especially after I shared mine. Like I want to be about, if you're going to share your story, I'm going to share mine with you and let's, let's do this rather than a one way street. And that's. Tense and hard. Yeah. But I think
0: we owe it to each other. Well, you're basically doing the training of like doctors and counselors because they right. take in a lot and then they gotta go home and be with their family. Right. Yeah. And
1: like go on with their day. I and know. They, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's chart. hard. It's not I'm sweating talking about it. <laughs> it's I, hard, like it's, it's hard. Good. Yeah, it's, it's really hard. It's
0: deep work. Okay, Catherine, what do you like? You're doing ministry and doing it so well and so beautiful. And what do you want? women to know right now? Like, what is the thing that is like burning in your soul that you just find yourself talking about all the time? You find yourself wanting to stand up and scream. And what, oh, what is this, it? This is so easy.
1: I so deeply, hmm, gonna cry again, want to communicate to people, women for sure, that God made them to do the hard things. Mm that they are up for it. Everything in our world says you can't handle this Mm -hmm. and you're a victim and it's the end of your story. And I feel like God wired you to do the hard thing. Mm, mm-hmm. And that is so powerful in our world. Like, no, you you aren't up for this. You aren't, you can't handle this. No, you can't. But with God in you, you totally can. Yeah. It is that beautiful truth. Is it second Corinthians twelve nine that his power, our weakness, his grace is sufficient? Yeah. Like He's- he does it. And because he does it, you are able to move forward in your journey. And yeah. It's not easy, but it is doable.
0: I I think that that goes perfect with what we talked about earlier about this this idol, this desire for this pain free life, um, and then when the pain comes, we then think, "I can't do this, right? I don't know what to do here." And I've watched a lot of people. Um, I've watched a lot of people feel that way, but I have to tell you, I'm proud of you and I, I'm, I'm proud of some specific people that I'm thinking in my mind right now are friends who have who have not given over to that, who have said and believed God's word to be true for them and that's empowering to see. And right. so I think about my friends that are walking in God's truth and they're doing the hard things and I think about you and I think to myself, okay, I can do the hard things as well.
1: And that is the key, Jamie, is I can identify tons of people in my life, or not tons, some, yeah, not yeah. all do this, who are saying, you know what, I am hoping in the Lord even when it feels hopeless. And I am choosing to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. And because she is also seeing that picture, I can better live into my heart story. Right. I think it's a beautiful picture. It thing is we a beautiful, beautiful picture.
0: It's a beautiful picture of community. Of the people of the Lord saying, we're kind of like linking arms yeah. and we can do this together. Right. Yeah. 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 Okay. So over the last 10 years, a lot happened.
1: Uh-huh. You could say that. <laughs> Two books, a
0: baby, a ministry, uh, passing passing swallow tests. Yes. Like, hallelujah. <laughs> yeah. Relearning to walk a bit. Yeah. Relearning to walk. Um, a, a, a camp. <laughs> a camp. All the things. Right. What are you dreaming about for the next 10 years?
1: Oh, gosh, that's crazy. So I'm about to turn 38, so I'll be 48. And um, no, my youngest child will not be out of the house yet. So I'll still be like a mommy with a baby who will be 14 at home, so not a baby. Uh Um, So I guess my prayer as that book starts with, it's the same prayer as 2008, which is Lord... More, mm. which is so insane because why would I pray the same prayer yeah. as in 2008? Because I see the goodness of God and the richness of whatever the journey holds. Basically, I have no good plans for the next 10 years, but I know they're going to be amazing. You know, they're going to be amazing. Yeah. yeah, I yeah. have no clue what it yeah. holds. I may be um, headed off. Forever to a foreign country tomorrow, which would be incredible. And I may be staying in Atlanta, Georgia, which I love. And I may be Who doing knows? the weirdest thing. I have no idea. Uh, before we go, can I tell you one of the
0: things that I remember from our first interview? And I haven't listened to it since then. So it's not like I just listened to it. This is something I've never forgotten since our interview. Oh, my
1: gosh. If you're about to say the same thing that I remember, I'm going to flip out.
0: Oh, no. Well, this is something you said. So I'm okay. sure uh, okay. you can tell me what you remember. I've used this example before a lot of times since 2016 when we talked. Yeah. You talked about the fact that when you woke up from your stroke two months later and then we're in tons of rehab forever, that you were so thankful for the Bible studies that you had been doing. And the memorizing of scripture and the reading of God's word because in those moments you couldn't do any of those things you only had what was in your head mm-hmm. and I have never forgotten that conversation you just remember? so you know
1: <laughs> it is the same thing that I'm remembering oh. do you remember the words I said to you because that's what I'm remembering no what did you say? it is so sweet that's what you remember I remember I said to you and I had said it at this gathering which is why you had me say it to your listeners I said when I woke up from the stroke I realized this is no longer a drill and everything the Lord had been preparing me for my whole life, it was now the moment where the pedal hits the metal and now like I can't even read a Bible, but thank goodness I've got a lot of Scripture stored away in my heart Mm -hmm. and I I know for sure that the Lord hears me even when I can't speak. Yeah. And the Lord is moving despite all the turmoil and tucking the word of God away in my heart was always preparing me for what God had prepared for me. Yeah,
0: you did you said this is not a drill. I remember that. Yes. With what I remember, yes. And then, didn't you also tell me that you led a Bethmore Bible study? Was it Esther? Uh yeah, for oh sure. Gosh.
1: Yes, I love that you remember that. Yes. I remember that, yeah. When I met Beth Moore, I told her, as the biggest geek ever, (laughs) I've done every Bible study that you've ever written. I love Beth Moore. And yes, I led the Esther study. And Esther 9... One is a passage every woman in the world needs to cling to, and no one talks about it because Esther nine one says the reverse occurred. And that is all of our stories that what um looks like the absolute worst is not the worst, mm-hmm. and the reverse does in fact occur. And the Lord spoke to me in that Bethmar study right after my stroke because I did that. There was the first study I did yeah, after yeah the uh-huh. To say the reverse is occurring. This looks like the worst, and it's not the only worst.
0: It's not, and we've seen that. Uh, Catherine, thank you. Thank you. What a blessing to be here. I love sitting down with you every time, and I love Aww. seeing you whenever we cross paths, likewise, which is not likewise, that often. But I love it's being fun. here. I know. I've seen you twice in 2020. No, this I know. is three times. This is three times in 2020. Yes, because passion. Yes, yes, yes. Love passion. It. If gathering and now at my house, so this love is great. Love
1: it. I love being at your house. Woo.
0: I love it. Okay, Catherine um, and her husband Jay released a new book called "Suffer Strong: How to Survive Anything by Redeeming Everything." I highly recommend you get it wherever you can pick up books. And if you're interested in her more of her story, go back and listen to the Happy Hour episode number 98 where she joins me. Catherine, thank you, thank you, thank you.
1: oh thank you, Jamie. You guys,
0: you guys, I love Catherine Wolf so much. I had such a great time with her in the studio, and she said things that I've been thinking about ever since we talked. Her joy is infectious, and her humor is just the best. I said it already, but it's worth saying again. I had never thought of how we may have worshipped the idol of a pain-free life. I don't think I'll ever forget that. That is going to sit with me as I look forward to my next 10 years and the 10 years after that, because we know that there will be suffering and there will be pain. I want to be like my friend Catherine in the midst of those times to suffer strong with joy in my heart. Thanks for listening to this special edition of the Happy Hour, Your Last Decade. Our hope in all these shows is that you too can reflect on your last decade. Whether you were 23 years old, 10 years ago, 65, or 12, look back and see what God has done in your life and where he has brought you. How have you persevered? How have you screwed up? What would you do differently? And what are you so stinking proud of? Also, looking back always causes me to look forward. What do you hope to see in your next decade? Today's show is edited by Chris with Podshaper and organized by Lindsay Sweeney. The music is developed for the show by Matt Graham and show notes are written by Aki Slockers. We'd love it if you enjoyed the show. If you would share with your friends, word of mouth is the number one way that people find out about our podcast and we thank you for that.